0: hey hey and welcome back to the podcast today's episode is a listener question it's kind of been a hot minute honestly uh, since I've answered one of these directly on the podcast but I will say that most of my podcast episodes come from questions I get in my DMs or things that come up on Instagram uh, that people are struggling with and I just kind of compile everything that people are struggling with and make an Instagram or make a podcast about it um, but here we are I like to take specific listener questions from people in the community. Um, and answer them here on the podcast. So if you have a question, if you're a listener and you have a question you would like me to answer in depth on the podcast, you can email me Alyssa at nutritionforlittles.com. Just put in the subject line, listener question, and then let me know your question. What are you struggling with? What is something that has you a little perplexed that you're like, I would love to go a little deeper on this, um, and figure out what's going on and how to tackle it. I would love to hear from you, um, just in general, of course, but especially if there's a question or a burning question on your brain, um, that you have. That being said, I will also say that if you have a paqueter at home and you're struggling and you're like, hey, I really need serious help. Like I want to learn the strategies in place, all in one place, all the strategies and methods at my fingertips to figure out how to be the feeding expert in my home and help reverse pick eating, get my kids to eat more foods, um, eat enough and eat in a healthy way that they become healthy, happy and independent eaters. Table Talk is for you. It is completely self-paced. I'll link it down below for you to learn more. But with Table Talk, you actually get one free month inside the Table Talk membership, which is the community that we've built of Table Talk grads. So people who have already gone through the Table Talk program, who have those real life burning questions, they're like, this is all the things I learned it was so helpful, but here is what I'm still struggling with, or here's what I can't quite figure out, right? And so you actually get one free month inside the membership, which means you get to come to a call with me and the group and, you know, ask your question. And so that could be really powerful for you too. If that's something you're interested in, that's included for free one month of the tabletop community, which means you get a call with me and the group. We're all there together, hanging out, supporting each other, but there's a portal too. So you can drop your questions in there. Um, and I always answer those. So that is definitely available to you as well. But for now, (laughs) a listener question, you want to email me feel free. Today's question comes from a mom and, um, let's see, let me pull up her name really quick. Jessie. So Jesse wrote in and said, My daughter will sit down to dinner, take a bite or two, and then she'll say she's all done. And then 15 minutes after dinner is all cleaned up, she'll say she's hungry. What should I do? Oh, Mama, this is such a good question because I think so many of us can relate to it and know, especially I don't know how old, I don't think you said how old your daughter is, um, but I'm assuming in the like toddler stage. Right. Um, and can be really difficult to communicate with them and explain like, Hey, this, this is it. Right. And so, um, I really want to break it down into kind of four different things to work on with your daughter. So the first is to help her put language to or recognize her hunger and her fullness. Um, Sometimes this looks like just asking, you know, how hungry are you? Are you as hungry as a hippopotamus? Are you as hungry as a bird? Um, And kind of some visualization of like sizing, right? Um, Can be really helpful for hunger. And then also fullness, right? How full is your belly? Is it like a big balloon like this? Is it so full like this? Or is it just a little full like this? You know, have them touch their belly you touch your belly, you show them hunger and fullness. Now, kids don't really need to be actively taught this because it really is done through repetition and experience and feeling what those sensations feel in our body. But sometimes putting language to it is really helpful. And of course, we can all use a little help here and there learning things and, and picking up on connecting the dots a little faster. So you can do it that way. Um, so you can also show them visually, like actually have a balloon or draw pictures of you know, balloons or, um, you know, coloring things in like how full, you know, something is like a cup. Um, how full are you? So using some visualizations to teach them about hunger and fullness. The other thing too, around this kind of communication is kind of this first step is to teach them about time. Now it's really hard to teach toddlers about time, which it means that it's not a one and done conversation. <laughs> like we're not like, Hey, here's time. And and now you know time, right? So this will take uh, time, if you believe it or not, and repetition, really about repetition and continually um, explaining and connecting those dots for them. So having the communication around time. One of the best things we can do is use a sand timer or visual timer for how long you um, they have to eat, what that looks like, and also how long until the next meal, right? So, especially at dinner time, if you don't do a bedtime snack, which we'll get to, this could be a really powerful way to let them know hey, we're not eating until breakfast, until the sun comes up, right? Whatever that looks like. And so, um, explaining to them that we need to fill our bellies now so that we are nice and full all night long until breakfast time, because breakfast time is a long way away. Um, So what I would say is try and stop this problem before it starts, not always possible, but at the dinner table when she says she's all done, Remind her, check in with your belly. Maybe you have something visual to show her. Um, how full are you? Show me on this scale. You know, draw a little picture or fill in a, have, you know, a cup of water and say, okay, as you're pouring it in, like, how full are you? Are you this full? Like, just a little bit? And then pour in a little more water. Are you this full? How full are you? You know, kind of explaining and giving some sort of visual can be really helpful, whether that's comparing to different sizes or animals or balloons, or um, even maybe stuffed animals, you line those up, you know, how full are she? Uh, maybe you have a stuffed animal that you just raise your hand, like how full are you on this scale from, you know, the bottom of their belly to the top of their belly. Um, and then remind her, make sure your belly's all full is your belly all full? Are you all full? Double check. Let's check with our bellies, right? And then if we're all full, then we say, okay, you're all full. We're not going to be eating again till, dinner, or till breakfast or whatever that might be. And um, just remind her that way. And yeah, it might be uncomfortable. and <laughs> She might still come back to you and be like, I'm hungry, right? And so what we can say in those moments, if, she's, if we've already gone through that and prepped that at the table, and then 15 minutes later she says she's hungry. We can remind them gently. Hey, our our opportunity to eat dinner was at dinner time. And remember you said your belly was all full until breakfast time. So tomorrow when it's dinner time we want to make sure we fill up our belly so we're not hungry until tomorrow. <laughs> Okay, I want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's podcast episode, not only for sponsoring, but also for the work that they do. Today's episode is sponsored by Safe Beginnings First Aid and CPR Course. Holly from Safe Beginnings believes that being able to confidently react in an emergency is the peace of mind that every family deserves, and I agree. I want you to feel empowered to keep your family safe by taking her online first aid and CPR course just like I did. I have taken a lot of CPR trainings over the years, and Holly's is by far my favorite. It's clear, concise, easy to follow, and truly puts your mind at ease as a mom. No matter the age or stage of your little one, this course is a must-take. A quote I once heard by Max Mayfield has always stuck with me and I want to share it with you. He says, preparation through education is less costly than learning through tragedy. And I don't want to be a downer, but this could not be more true when it comes to our kids. It's time to start feeling confident at the table, and I want you to get started today by clicking the link in the description box below and use my code ALYSSA20 for 20% off. Trust me, this is a decision you will not regret. All right, now back to the show. I understand that it can feel really uncomfortable as a parent, and I've been there too, for our kids to express a need like hunger, and we're not immediately just filling it. However, I also understand that when we go down that road of I'm hungry, get me a snack, that will make us – how does Beyonce say it? A snack – woman, female dog, right? Like that will put us in a situation where it feels as if we have to drop everything we're doing and feed them immediately. So I do want you to think of this as, hey, this is a team approach. We all have needs and they all need to be met, but it also has to be reasonable, right? And so we have to educate our kids and hold those boundaries lovingly, letting them know that the kitchen is not open all day because in fact, the research shows grazing, get the kitchen open all day, whenever they want a snack, they can get it, leads to picky eating. That leads to them thinking, oh, I I don't have to eat this new food. I don't have to try this thing. I don't have to, you know, enjoy my dinner because I can just get a fruit roll up later, right? Like I can just run to the pantry and get whatever I want. And so teaching them that the pantry is always open, the kitchen is always open, will actually lead for picky eating to get worse. And that's what we're trying to figure out, right? Is like, how do we limit picky eating? How do we get them to eat during mealtimes and also have a time for their GI system to rest in between meals and snacks? Now, a reminder here, we are not starving our kids. We should be feeding them on a meal and snack schedule every hour and a half to three hours, depending on their age all those sorts of things. So we have a little bit of flexibility there, of course, of when we feed them. Um, And we'll actually get to that later in this episode as well. But just keeping in mind that they have plenty of opportunities to eat. They should have at least, at minimum, four opportunities to eat um, as they Are over 12 months of age. So they should have four opportunities to eat solid food. So three meals a day plus one snack. Some kids up to six, maybe even more, but really six is kind of where that lies. And that will give them an opportunity to eat every hour and a half to three hours throughout the day. And that really is what our body needs to sustain itself, to keep its blood sugar balanced, to, um, you know, do all the functions it needs to do. Our body doesn't do well when we're eating all the time and our body doesn't do well when we're skipping meals uh, frequently, especially. So really keeping in mind that this is what's best for them, holding that boundary. It can feel a little uncomfortable at first, but I promise you that it will be the thing that teaches your kid to eat when it's mealtime and not to continue to ask for (laughs) snacks and food when it's outside that mealtime. But when they do ask, using a simple phrase of, I hear you're hungry right now. It's not lunchtime or it's not snack time or it's not dinner time." The next time we're going to eat is this time. What would you like to have for that meal? And or start talking about what you're going to do until that time right? And so would you like to play blocks with me until it's snack time? Whatever that could look like. Now, sometimes, especially if your kids are a little bit on the younger side, because there's that flexibility of when you feed them, I like to think of it as like a meal and snack rhythm versus like at 1.30, we have snack. Now, every family is different for what works for you. But because you have a little bit of flexibility, I would put some space between them and the snack idea. And then you could scoot that snack or, or meal up a little bit if you need to, um, to accommodate so that you're not ending up with a hangry child. But I really would keep that boundary and let them know that you're in charge of when meals are served. It's following that division of responsibility. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, it's back at the beginning. Super important to get started with. So hopefully that helps there. Um the next kind of tip I want to go into or talk about is adjusting your eating time. So I kind of touched on this a little bit, but I want you to pick up on patterns for your little one. If this is a pattern of her eating a bite or two at dinner, saying she's all done, saying she's full, saying, "Yeah, I know I'm not eating till breakfast again. I understand. Like I'm full, right? Like I I'm full." We don't know if they're hungry or full. We don't. And I know as moms, we can sometimes feel like there's like this just gut feeling that we know that they're feeling this way and they're doing that. And I won't discount that. I feel that too sometimes. But at the end of the day, they're in charge of their own body and we want them to be able to trust their own body, right? This is all about body autonomy, about them learning how to work with their body, not against it, and trust that they know when they're hungry and they know when they're full. All of this is super important to protect as children so that when they're older, they don't fall victim to Horrible beliefs around what they should or shouldn't be eating or when or what or how much. And so, really protecting that instinct that they have. So, we don't know when they're full. We don't know when they're hungry. And it's just going to get us into like a match, like a fight match if they're trying to say, I'm full. And we're like, no, you're not. Three more bites, right? Like, that's not actually helpful. And so, what we want to do is create learning opportunities or seize learning opportunities when they say they're full, but they're really not, connecting those dots for them in a really gentle way, not an I told you way. But a very gentle way. And so, in this situation, if you see a pattern emerge that she's doing this, it very well could be that she is hungry um, or she is not hungry for dinner and is hungry later. So maybe that means as a family, okay, can we shift our dinner time back 15 minutes or half an hour or an hour? What does that look like? Maybe do you see that her snack time, because she you know comes home from daycare and grabs a snack, and then dinner is actually only 45 minutes later, maybe that's just not enough time for her to build hunger again. And so spreading that out could be uh, very worthwhile, or maybe it's moving it up um, and then adding some sort of bedtime snack. So really looking at that meal and snack schedule, recognizing any patterns that keep emerging and altering it. Mama, I see you. You're tired of making different meals and crossing your fingers that tonight might be the night where they actually try those veggies. You're so tired of putting things on the plate just to watch them not get touched. Maybe you're even feeling stuck in a never-ending cycle of bribing, begging, bargaining to get your little one to eat. Maybe you feel like they wouldn't eat anything unless you count down their bites or even feed it to them. I bet you're even worried that they're just not getting enough and certainly not enough of the things that you know that they need. You're not sure that they're reaching their full potential living off pizza and goldfish crumbs. You're ready for a change or else you might just throw in the towel altogether. Maybe you're feeling like you're at your wit's end with picky eating and feeling like nothing will work. You need a plan to finally beat picky eating and get back to enjoying meals again. If this sounds anything like you, then this program was literally made for you. Table Talk is the picky eating program that works. It's the program that teaches you to be your own feeding expert because... At the end of the day, you know your child best. And feeding kids shouldn't be this hard. Picky eating can take over your life, feeling like every meal is worse than the last. It's time to reclaim your kitchen and actually start enjoying meals together. Table Talk is a targeted program that teaches you the strategies and methods that kick picky eating to the curb for good. Take it from Lola, who's a mom of a little one who she was ready just to throw in the towel altogether about picky eating, but then she took Table Talk, and at the end, she said, since taking Table Talk, my daughter's foods, likes, and loves is over 100. Can you imagine what it would be like for your little one to like or love over 100 foods? Throughout the Table Talk program, you'll learn how to get them to eat more variety and new foods, make sure that they're eating the right amount, and finally have peaceful meals again as a family. You'll learn how to stop pressuring them to eat and what to do to encourage them without pressuring. Plus, you will feel confident at the table knowing that everything you're doing is leading to raising a healthy, happy, and independent eater all right you can click the link in the description box below to enroll in table talk today and when you do that you will also get my demystifying desserts mini course completely for free this course teaches you how to take desserts off the pedestal and put them back where they belong and end the obsession with sugar all right click the link in the description box below to get started today now i typically recommend to keep that meal and snack schedule or rhythm in place for a period of time to see how it does, because again, they will regulate um, and really seeing how that plays out. Now, I'm not saying to build everything around your three-year-old's tummy, right? Like everyone has needs. Everyone has um, times and places and uh, different stuff going on in life, right? Your husband's going to work. You're going to work. You're tired. You are you want to get to bed early, whatever that might look like. So think about the other kind of Im- immovables in your household and what's important to you. What are those values you hold dearly? Like for us, it's a value for us to sit down as a family for dinner. So I wouldn't schedule a dinner before my husband's done with work, right? Like that is a value to me. So even if it's not super comfortable for my kids or I have to add in a snack time in between or I have to move her nap time up a little bit or whatever that looks like, that's a value to us. So we would adjust based on that. It's also a value for us to have bedtimes that are the same every night. And so we adjust to that. And so really paying attention to those sorts of things that are very important to you, which is different for every family, and then making decisions on meal and snacks, they will regulate it, right? As long as you're still feeding them every hour and a half to three hours-ish, um, they will regulate to it. Uh, but finding a time that maybe maybe it is about adjusting, eating times and then finally i want to talk about a bedtime snack so bedtime snacks can be a very useful tool especially for picky eaters Um, dinner time just in general is the hardest meal for picky eaters uh, you tip, generally speaking, I should say, not everyone and every kid, but typically they have the most energy and they're in the best mood for breakfast, um, even boarding snack and lunch. Those are like the best meals, the best time to introduce new things. It's low pressure. It's typically not as serious or as daunting, or they're just not as exhausted as they are at the end of the day. So typically dinner is just the hardest meal of the day. It's hard to tune into your body. You're maybe dysregulated. You need, you know, a nap or you skipped your nap, whatever that looks like. So Just remembering that dinner is the hardest meal that might call for, for your kid, a bedtime snack. Now, here's what I don't want you to do. I don't want you to give a bedtime snack only when she doesn't eat dinner. I want you to decide as a family, as the mom, whatever that looks like, that you are in charge of when they eat and this is what's best for them to get all their nutrition in a day. And if that's what's for best, then they have a bedtime snack every day. It's like clockwork, right? And so they have dinner time and then they have a bedtime snack. Regardless of how much or how little they eat, that bedtime snack is consistent if you decide to incorporate one. You do not have to, but it's something to assess and see if that would work for your family. Now, with bedtime snacks, I do typically recommend that they are simple and boring and not like super favorite food, but also not something that's like brand new Like, oh, we're going to have chicken and broccoli for bedtime snack, right? So some easy snacks on the belly um, that are going to be helpful for them to fall asleep. Maybe I'll do an episode on that specifically, bedtime snacking, and give some examples and whatnot. But really, we're just looking for kind of like a boring snack. I would maybe have three to five on rotation that you would do um, every night uh, to keep it boring because we don't want to incentivize them not to eat their dinner because I'll just have my bedtime snack. But we do want to make sure that we're giving them a balanced bedtime snack To help round up their nutrition for the day. So, I hope this was helpful in answering your question. A big one here is acknowledging her hunger, telling her the plan of eating, communicating, teaching her how to communicate, teaching her how to connect the dots in her own body, and then really figuring out, taking a step back, assessing what's going well, what's not going well. Do I need to adjust anything or do I not? And also trusting that your body, your child's body will regulate um, over time, which can be a hard process, but does happen. So hopefully this episode was very helpful for you. If it was, let me know. I would love it if you subscribed, rated, written a written review. I would love to read that. And um, otherwise I will catch you next week.